The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there folks, it's Chris and M for another line commentary. We'll have some chat, some trivia and humor galore. We promise it won't be scary. There'll be some selling, some drinking and some smoking too. You can always pause it to go to the loo, cause it's a line commentary. With Chris and M. With Chris and M. Oh, here we go. Previously, Hello, everyone. Welcome to Linecast. See, I remembered from last month, Linecast. Yes, yes, yes. This is episode six, and uh, I'm Chris Britton, writer, director. Of the line alongside me, as always, is the wonderful, beautiful, sexy, oh, and vastly intelligent Miss M. Sierra Garcia, who is sitting next to the biggest fucking liar I have ever heard in my entire life. But oh, have you ever? He's had well such nice. He's well like lush. That? He's ever so nice. Such a good build-up. It was amazing. There you go. Say? It was like really good right. foreplay, and then, oh, now it's the set. <laughs> That's how I roll, baby. That's how I roll. Set the expectations high so you can really fucking disappoint down the line. But I'm bunch. Ba-bum. Tush, indeed. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back. It is September. September. If you're listening to when it actually went out, as opposed to far in the future. Then but, we're talking um, to you from the past. We're talking to you from the far past. It's like a time capsule, a small time capsule of what one person in the UK and one person in America thought in 2010. Yes. I wonder what will have changed by the time you're listening to this. Your cars run on petrol and not nuclear power. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you mean healthcare wasn't free? Actually, you know what? Today in the newspaper, there was a article about the fact that uh, Nike, is it Nike or Nike? Anyway, they Nike. have made um, shoelaces, self-tying shoelaces, just like the ones from Back to the Future 2. Shut up. Nope. Really? Really. It's in the, it was in the paper, so it must be true. Um, yeah, self-tying shoelaces. What I want to know is where's the fucking hoverboards? Oh, no, that's not safe. They've only got four years left to build hoverboards. I'm getting very worried that the future layout for me by Robert Zemeckis is not going to come to pass. And I will be quite disappointed. Got to be honest. Anyway, the line. <laughs> Religion and stuff. And um, almost no time travel whatsoever. Or is there? Or is there? Mm, who knows? Where are we? Um, episode six. Yes. So this is this is the second part of Obscurum. Mm-hmm. I started last month, and I think I said in the last commentary that the first part was very much was very much a build-up episode. Not a great amount happened other than introducing Steph's granddad and um, setting the scene of, of where everyone was emotionally, and then of course breaking it all apart at the end with Steph frustrated by the fact that they hadn't managed to confront or find any sort of demon 
uh, when visiting their uh, the, the, the the home that her granddad lives at, and storming off from the team. And uh, this episode we open up with Kitty. Well, Joe has Joe has a bit of a nightmare, a bit mm-hmm. of a obscure obscure <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> and um, and then we move into Joe, Kitty, and Sahi talking and trying to think of a way to get staff back together, and they come up. With an ingenious, devious plan. A scheme. A scheme, indeed, a scheme. So, how are you doing, Em? What are you? What are you? So, what are your basic thoughts on this episode? Uh, we haven't had a great amount of time to talk about it pre-commentary, so let's do it now, where all the lovely boys and girls can hear us. It was much better than cats. I want to listen to it again and again. Episode six. As opposed to cats. As opposed to cats. Do you not like cats? No. Really? I think I was just, everybody was like, oh, cats! Like, the same with Les Mis. I'm so fucking sick of both of those musicals. Andrew Lloyd Webber can just suck it with those. Andrew Lloyd Webber didn't write Les Mis, though. Oh, well, didn't he do the follow up? Didn't he do part two? No, there's no part two of Les Mis. You're thinking Phantom of the Opera. Oh, that's right. Phantom of the Opera is he. Yeah. That's yeah. the other one, too. So, yeah, Les all three is, of them. Les is the French one. Oh, with Jean Valjean, or Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean, yes. Jack Paul Jack, or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. I feel we're not going to stay on topic very well in this commentary. No, but I'll tell you, this episode is, it, it, it came out very much like it. I, listened, I heard it in my head. And I, at this moment where we've got Joe and Lance, I will, I don't know if I have in the past, but I will reiterate my absolute love Love, love, love of Lance. And Chris Hackney just plays him like such a prat. I love it. Especially right here. Listen to your mother. Chris Hackney is, he is the, he is the dude. He is the dude of this show. And I, I, I sometimes feel a bit bad that we've given him a rather a, a comedic and uh, douche of a character who really has no interest that uh, extend much further than his dick and where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, where it, it's just, not, and he, he needs to put it. He plays it so well. Yeah. Um, it's and, so well done. Uh, and yeah, and there's plenty to come for that. And then this, the rest of the episode just kind of, it's it's that tail end, the bookend to the last episode, where you had that build-up about Steph's dad. And this really, this is really kind of a turn, it's not a big turning point, but it's just, it's that edge that they needed to nudge Steph over. Which I like. Yes, I think you're probably right. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, you are. No, and this is this is where we've been building. And I always said the first four episodes were the exposition to get them where they need to be. To be honest, they are the exposition, but this is kind of the bridge. Well, this, these two are the standalone mystery around, you know, the, 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 these visions that Joe's been having, and then they discover it's a demon child, the, the old people's home, stealing souls. Um, this, this is the one that is needed for Steph to realise her place in all this. Yeah, bear with me, there's an incredibly huge mozzie in my room, and I'm just going to squat it. Hold on. I don't need. You're going to commit animal murder. On live on air. Well done. I don't know. You're gonna you're gonna get hate mail. You're gonna get hate mail. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, they don't care that you know slanging off Jesus or right. the Gilgrishams. But you just killed a mosquito live on air. So the Gilgrishams that listen to this show. Suck it. It's 
I have opposable thumbs and sentient thought. I squished the mosquito. You heard it here first, everyone. Em thinks she's superior to all other living beings. No! No, you're just generalizing, you big shit. That would be the British Empire. Thank you very much. Oh, let's not bring up the Empire. Don't mention the war. Wait, let's see. How big is the Empire now? Nothing good can come of talking about the British Empire, okay? Uh. Anyway. 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 This show what? what we have done. Um, I think you added a lot of dialogue to this show, and I wish I could say, that's M's line, that's M's line. I mean, you you always have, you always very, uh, out when you, because this is when you were still editor as opposed to co-writer, um, you were always very uh, involved with the dialogue. But I, I think this was one episode where you really did take it and say no. And, and actually, this episode was very different in yeah. the original draft. There was a lot more um, working out where, why, where, who the demon was, what the demon was. Right, and in in the end, it's really just necessary to know that it's the demon and it's doing something. I think I think we were we started heading down a path where it was it was you know Basil exposition, but I think the, we worked really well together into kind of in kind of filtering it down and getting it really concise. And I I really like how it I like how where we took it. And I like where you yeah. where where you brought you finished you closed off that where I mean we're not there yet but that section with her grant with um with the demon itself it really it got keep saying really you know like really it was oh much God. tighter I know right <laughs> awkward <laughs> oh my God that's about the only word I can say in a, in a, in a slightly American accent um, so. Um, yeah, I didn't mention before we were talking about some crap over it, but um, the bit where Joe kind of freaks the fuck out of Steph, I was like, wow, Xander, hidden death. Yes. Um, I always yes. like Xander's playing of Joe, and he does play him with kind of an intense energy, um, which, which I really like about the character. But, um, but that bit where he's like, every fucking night, I was like, wow, yeah, dude, this is, this is, that's exactly what I wanted. So... Um, no, I really like that. I think I think we find Joe, whereas at the beginning he may have seemed like he was very passionate about um, his 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 desire to get the creationism out of school and all that. But it all felt a bit sort of, you know, playing games. And now it's all kind of we're in the adults' league now. It's all rather serious, and you feel like Joe has adapted to his position much better than Steph in a much more mature manner. Right. Um, which is odd and plays opposite to where you think it would go because obviously Joe is a scientist and yet he has just accepted what's going on. Um, I was thinking about that too. Like, he really... I mean, he's young, so he's impressionable. So I could see that moment where he's really noodling about where all of it... Oh, this is this right here where he's just screaming that. That was well done. Yeah, well, I, uh, I I reverted back because obviously when we first had Joe have a uh, have a vision, have a have a prophecy, um, it was from his perspective. So you heard the the, the the electric sound. I don't know why you hear electric sound, but that's what you do. It sounds good in audio, and then the heartbeat. And then I haven't used that in the other times because it's always been a scene where other people are present. With this one though, I just felt it was such a powerful shouted one that I felt that he almost takes step into it with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, because you know they're the two in the scene, and and they they both experience it together. It, it's a bit wanky, I guess, and it, it's not 
I don't, you know, I don't know how clear that comes across to a listener. Maybe it just sounds like I forgot to put the sound effects Shit. in in the last couple of Joe. episodes Joe. when when he had made prophecies. But um, but it's, I just I I thought it was important to differentiate between how other people perceive him going into this trance and how he perceives it, even right. though that's very difficult to do from just an, from from an audio perspective. So, but this was this was more than just a message. This was a very specific message to a very specific person. This wasn't yeah. just a general like. Everyone, please pay attention. This is your creator speaking, and you will listen now. This is more of a fucking stuff. You listen to me, or I'll smack you and with a you know trebuchet. Indeed, and it, yeah, and it was and it was again to differentiate um, with um, with the one that him, Sahi, and Kitty made up mm-hmm. that he plays Steph on the recorder, which is very bland compared to that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so yeah, so I, th- I think that was that was all right to do. Um, but I was starting, I was trying to get out my thought on Joe and how, like, I don't want people to think it, there was like a light switch for him. I remember being that age, and you know, if enough shit happened, it would scare me into you know just kind of submission into what's going on. I think you, there's stuff coming down the line. <laughs> See what I did there. Um, there's stuff going never going to get old, is it? Never, never going to get old, except never. everyone listening. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but carry on. I think we're going to see more of of the the how and the why, where he went from creationism is you know crap to oh my god, a higher power is telling me to do something. There is a little bit more to that. My logic with him, in my head anyway, was as a, as a scientist, as someone brought up by very scientific parents, which has kind of been hinted at a little bit by Lance in this episode, but you get you do get to see more of that um, in, a few, in the next few episodes without giving too much too many spoilers or anything, but you do get to see a bit more of that. But as a scientist, uh, brought up to believe in the empirical method, um, you you have to trust what you see. You can't, just because you don't think it's real, you can't say, well, it's not real, therefore I refuse to believe in it. And he is having these making these prophecies that are then coming true. Um, and he has been offered a lot of evidence by Sahi for what's occurring, which matches up a lot better than any other evidence he could draw up himself. So that was kind of my logic behind it. I felt he was much more likely to accept it, whereas Steph is very sceptical about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I got it. You know, sceptical about society, sceptical about the makeup of society, especially sceptical about religion, which her parents obviously have returned to um, very heavily, and her brother has also returned to it. So she just she doesn't want to be connected to that in any way. And, of course, Sahi Kitty very much represent her. A part of that faith-based, uh, faith-based approach to life that she doesn't want anything to do with at this point in time. Excellent. Ah, Kitty. She's dialed the charm up to 11. I'm sorry to disturb you. Well, now we enter the, uh, now, yeah, now we go back to the, uh, to the, the old people's home. We were there next, ep- last episode, and I, I can, um, <clears throat> present my, uh, my future, very, very almost, uh, future wife here playing nurse, uh, Nicole Geller. Um, yeah. Uh, credit is just as Bex, that's what she wanted. So. That's, that's all we're saying. Instead but, um, of Hottie McCotterson, she wanted just Bex? <laughs> She's gorgeous, let me tell you. Well, I think so. Um, and so should you! 
Well, what did I tell you? If you didn't marry her fast enough, I would. But I'd have to be, you know, I'd have to take her to California and wait. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wait a little longer because they put that fucking stay back on, haven't they? Until uh, until the appeal's been made. Stupid California. Seriously, man, California, like fucking liberal state. I thought. Get on with it. <laughs> Um, I'll be sure be to, to, to say we, something while I'm there. I feel I feel we are on the 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 slide down now towards gay marriage. I feel it. I feel it's coming. I feel everyone's just kind of like seriously. Why are we even arguing about this anymore? Of course, anyone can get married if they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's always the crazies who who have their issues, but I, I think they are becoming more and more of a minority. Fucking Glenn Beck has said that he would support gay marriage. So you know, if Glenn Beck's like you know recanting, then seriously, the the, the war's over, kids. So. Yes, I am. It's it's been interesting here in Washington with Mr. With the folks that were here this weekend, was it Glenn Beck who was here this weekend? We had two uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, and it was Glenn Beck's on the same weekend. You did. You had Glenn Beck doing the uh, co-opting uh, Martin Luther King's uh, the, the the anniversary, forty seventh year anniversary of yep. the I Have a Dream speech, I believe. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah I, seriously, let me tell you, uh, that's not I offensive at all. did not set foot in Washington, D.C. this weekend. I do not blame you in the slightest. Oh, Maria Vu, let me just tell you right now, sister, that is the creepiest little child. <laughs> that is the well, creepiest little child. When I originally wrote this, because I, you know, last year, I was very much, I wanted a kid to play the part. But we did, we've all sort of agreed that for shows of a rating like this, with content such as this, the legal ramifications of trying to have a child in it, even with the parents' permission, is probably a bit too much um, for, for, for an amateur production. Um, so, so I knew I had to use someone over 18, and uh, I've worked with Maria before. On You're other shows, and I know she has, she has an incredibly flexible voice. Oh and, yeah, uh, she was the mouse on Batman, Ace of Detectives. Indeed. Um, and does, does a wonderful uh, does a wonderful child voice. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought I'd bring her in. And my God, she's fucking creepy, and it's just it's just perfect. It's absolutely perfect when she talks about sin and hunger and. Um, and this little fight sequence they have here. Mommy doesn't like it when you say those words. <laughs> it's, well, it's just like, I got creeped out when I was listening to it. It was great. And I tried to keep this fight very low-key because obviously it's a child. It's someone half a size. So it's not like they're beating the shit out of each other. Right. It's only at the very scrapping. end where you kind of get those rhythmic punching sounds of Step beating her head against the wall. Oh, sorry, his head. Obviously Maria playing, but it is it is a, it is a boy. Uh, child. Um, or supposed to be a boy child. It's supposed, it's, it's supposed to be a boy child. Um, but that has been possessed. Possessed by a demon. So, but it was only at the end where I've kind of put in those real punching sounds. The rest of it was just kind of grappling. Um, I didn't want it to sound really crazy. And then Sahi comes in and uh, throws some shit at the demon that seems to do something. Wait, here comes my favorite part. It's nice and creepy. 
Old girl, can you scream? And it just gets, there's a couple more in here that she does. I'm just, I'm being fangirly. I'm an awesome. It's all right. That line just before there, by the way, where you say abracadabra and all that, I wrote Avada Kedavra, and you couldn't say it. I was like, I was listening to your lines. You're like, Avada Kedavra. No, no, I can't say it because I'm saying I'm saying abracadabra. I was like, it's it's from Harry Potter. It's a Harry Potter reference. How do you not know this? Because I know what it is, and I know how to say it, but I don't know how to say it. Avada Kedavra. By the way, for the entomologically inclined, the mozzie came back to life a little bit, and I just re-squished it. Um, where was I? Oh, oh I God, couldn't say it. Adava Kadavra. It just wasn't coming out. And with a, you know. Right. After me. Ah. Uh. Um. No. Yes. No. You got to say this. You got to say it once. No. Look, here comes the important episode. part. Do look interesting stuff. Listen. Uh. Ooh. We've listened to the show. Everyone listening to us listens to them. They want to hear us discuss the show, and they want to hear you say Avada Kedavra. No! I just said a whole bunch of shit in Japanese. Come on, why you can't did, I get... You did say some shit in Japanese. I hope it was right. I don't know, you wrote that. You have the power. You told me it'd be cool. And I went, alright, it'll be cool. I actually pinged Chris, um, Chris Bay about because I was doing some reading up on on like patron saints of children and and different you know protectors of children and Jitsu um Osatsu was one of them and so it's a protector of children so that I figured she would summon up what who she could to protect the children and Saint Nicholas also is a protector of children and so to summon up Jitsu um Bosatsu I thought it was important. It'd be kind of cool and interesting. And Chris helped me with the Japanese. So Chris, if I fucked it up, it's my totally my fault. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it sounded awesome to me, honey. Yeah, but you you're just you're just sweet. <laughs> Bless. Oh, here we go. There's the crescendo of the music. Here's shit going on. Something big. What could it be? This is where she starts beating on her head. So. uh... I'm pretty much fucking fine. The holy power. You this, this episode had a rather extensive amount of swearing in it, but um, but it all it all felt rather necessary at the time. <laughs> if it comes off as such, <laughs> oh god, I'm sure it'll be fine. Should be absolutely fine. Um, and then yeah, a lovely neck cracky sound as the boys killed. Exactly. Did you do? Sure. I know, I know, and then, and then death, and then death, and this is a hard decision, and um, because I think as we were discussing last month, I didn't, I wanted to introduce him earlier when I came to, when we came to producing, but we just never got really got the time to do it. I still wish he'd at least be name-dropped in episode 2, 3, and then, uh, and then introduced in episode 5 as he is. I think it would have it would have built him up a bit better. I think as it is, it, it sounds fine, and we get the relationship, and it's an established relationship, and I think it is still emotional when he dies. I'm just, I'm just sad we only had two episodes in order to do that, really. Yeah, well... Maybe we can bring him back, but not in like a zombie way. So, um, um, 
Yes, maybe. I don't like zombies. I'm over Ow. zombies. There's just oh. that and vampires. Sparkly vampires. I'm over it. Oh, well, I can't... I, I, you know, it's plotted. The series is plotted. I know. Maybe it'll come back in the far future. And you know... Yeah, but lots of things could change. <laughs> lots of things could change. <laughs> um, yes. Um, sorry, I've distracted myself with uh, myself. <laughs> I know, terrible, isn't it? God Almighty! I'm not even like I'm, I haven't even got booze or anything tonight. Seriously, I'm without. I'm just. Tired. That is a scream. That is a scream and a half, isn't it? I like extended it a little bit. That but, is a uh, fucking huge scream. Yeah, and I want it. I put like dual explosion on there, but I didn't want it to be massive, massive because it's not like the home blowing up. It's just the body blowing up and causing some damage to the place. But it's right. not. It's not everyone death kind of blowing up. Oh my god, the residents. Right. Um, you stay here. So sorry, I was trying to talk about Jack. Um. So I think, and, and it's necessary. Steph needs a kick right. to get her involved, right? And unfortunately, that okay. kick is for someone right? close to her, which is a very cliched way of getting someone into the town. But the thing is, the cliche generally is for it to be a male character in the lead, because that is often the way, and it to, to be a female acquaintance or girlfriend or, or family member. So I've kind of tried to inverse that a bit. Obviously, uh, uh, readers of comics uh, may know about the whole uh, girlfriend in a fridge um, cliche, uh, so-called because of Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, comes back and finds his girlfriend dead, chopped up. Chopped up? I can't remember, but stuffed in his fridge. Um, and, and Gail Simone, uh, one of the writers of DC Comics, currently writes uh, Secret Six and... Um, and Birds of Prey, and written Wonder Woman as well, and, and lots of other things. Very good writer, but she came up with uh, Girlfriend in the Fridge as a as an idea, and then she went back through comics and found all the examples of where women are just killed just to further the plot of a, of a male character, and it's terrifying how often it happens. Like really upsettingly depressing. Uh, how writers just can't seem to think of any way of furthering a male character's plot other than killing off one of the women in their lives. Mm. So I'm kind of doing the reverse here. Is that any better? I don't know, but it really doesn't happen as often. And and it, sometimes sometimes a character does die, and I think it's in, you know some death is part of life, and I think it's important that characters experience death through people close to them. So so that's why I did it. Um, and it was a shame. I love Richard Castor as Jack, uh, and uh, and I love the character, and it would have been fun to have him around a bit longer. But I think, as I say, Steph needed something, and so. I'm afraid it was he who had to go at this point. Um, and Tanya, I can just say, that bit where you break down at the end, my God. Fantastic. My God, just awesome. Fantastic. Um, emotional. Um, as I say, I hope, I hope the audience have an emotional response to this. I'm not saying you're going to be in floods of tears because you only met the guy last month. So I understand that it's not a massive emotional connection, but I hope at least the... The emotion of the scene uh, yeah, translates it's, well. It's it's losing a, a granddad, you know. It's losing. A, I mean, my grandmother was three thousand miles away when she passed away, and I was I was a disaster for a good three or four days. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, the death of any family member, I think, is just. 
So I think the shock of everything happening, uh, and then to have her grandpa die right there in front of her, almost in her arms, that's just heartbreaking. I know... I don't know. I think if I had been there when my grandma passed, I probably would have lost my shit, because she's the only grandparent I've ever known. And so that's... I kind of put that in my head for Steph, that maybe that granddad is the only grand, the only grandparent she's ever known, and... You know, she just got reconnected with him, and now he's gone over something stupid that she now feels is her fault. Yeah, absolutely. Which, um, which in this case, it it it, it isn't because it wouldn't. You know, she went if they even if they had found the child demon the first time, they'd have still had to uh, to deal with it then, and it still would have exploded. And there's a good chance. The same, uh, the same result would have occurred from it. So, um, yeah, but I know she does blame herself, and that—that's the impetus to get involved. Um, we introduce here. I used um, this guy's, this guy, Josh, Josh Woodward music. Uh, has it up on Jamendo. Dot com. Uh, if you want to go and download it, it's well worth. He's got about seven albums up there. Really, really great stuff. Acoustic guitar work, few other, few other types of music, but mostly acoustic guitar, him singing. And uh, I used him a bit last in episode five, possibly in episode four, but I think only in episode five. And then uh, used him here again with this song, which I, I just adore. I think it was so perfect. Um, it's kind of it's a very quiet, you know quiet. This is this is the denouement scene where Sahi and Steph kind of struggle through what's occurred and how they're going to go forward from this. And obviously Kitty and Joe are there as well, offering their opinions. So I wanted something quiet, and it kind of dies away in the middle and then brings it back at the end. Um, and uh, yeah, but Josh Woodward is someone who's going to be pretty integral to this show in terms of music, I think, because the guy's just so talented. I I. I I'm very excited to be able to use a lot of his music. So uh, keep an ear out, because he will be coming back. Talking of music, actually, I have been meaning to say, if any of you listeners out there are composers, or if you have a band and have some music, you've you know, got it recorded down, if you can record it in decent quality, and um, as long as you you know have some modicum of slight talent, um, which I'm sure you all do, then please, if you would like it to be in the show, you will be fully credited. Um, you will not be paid because we are not paid either. But you will be fully credited and appreciated um, and appreciated, fully appreciated. And we'll talk about you in our blog and on our commentary and everything. Uh, it would be lovely to have some more external music brought in. So please do. Um, do let me know. Get in touch. I everything you want to know. There's, there is a plan, though. Mm, there is a plan. Well, this is where um, I suppose that uh, we we really do drop quite a few little uh, bombs on what exactly is occurring. We find out that Steph's um, Steph's powers are built into her and are built into warriors in the past and now Gabriel said that uh, she was the first of her kind so he doesn't seem to think so um, so there's, there's a bit of a bit of a mystery going on there and then obviously we finally meet the book of the Alpha Omega which was an idea one of the very first ideas I had about the line of this idea of this book that unlike most of these sort of shows, I, I, I guess I quote Charmed 
specifically. Charmed, obviously, it seemed to me, and I, I must admit I have not watched all of Charmed. I've watched a couple of seasons and sporadic episodes, so I apologise if I'm doing the show an injustice here. But what I have seen of it, I seem to get the impression that every single time um, there was an issue to deal with, their uh, way of solving was to go to the book and find a spell which was automatically always there and then go and use said spell. And it would take 45 minutes of the episode. Well, you know, the episode 45 minutes long, so it would take 35 minutes of the episode and then they'd go, actually, we're just going to have a look at our book and that'll solve all our problems. And as I say, I'm probably doing Charmed a great disservice and I apologise it's been a long time since I've seen it, and as I said, I've no. only seen some of it. So, do not judge me for that. Charmed, perhaps, is the greatest series ever made, and I just haven't watched enough of it. However, that idea stuck with me, the idea of this all-knowing book. So, I've kind of adopted it into the line. However, their book is much more infuriating in that you can only open the pages up to the point of where you are in destiny, in terms of, in terms of you know, what's actually occurring. So it's not very useful for predicting the future, um, because you can't see what's coming. So it's cheeky. Well, yeah. Um, it does have a part to play. And that's all I'm saying. It's like a genie. Because I know it sounds utterly useless. And for all intents and purposes, it is. Other than you can go back and you can see things in greater detail written by the, 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 the seers of the future, the ones who wrote it, the members of the order who wrote it. You can see their perspective on things, but not until after it's happened. Um, but there is a purpose to it. It was also related to the fact that, M, you all uh, know this, uh, that Pope John Paul II uh, made three, um, three great predictions. Predictions is the wrong word. I know you'll tell me what the right word is in a minute. But, um, and, but he didn't tell anyone what they were until after they'd occurred. And so again, it was kind of going back to that, that very, that, and that's integral to, you know, Nostradamus as well. Made great predictions, but his big ones, his big ones about what was happening in his lifetime, he didn't tell anyone about until after they'd happened. And they said, oh, well, I knew this was going to happen. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's going back to that idea of prophecy being, uh, being, uh, you know, 1% style and 99% bullshit. Um, so that was the book. So I'm glad that the book's been introduced at last. I think that's interesting. Uh, I hope it's interesting anyway. And I think it's a, I think it's a nice little concept that, that will play out. Um, and really, this scene—actually, my favourite bit of this scene is this bit at the end, is with 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 Kitty basically saying, "You've you've you fucked this girl. You fucked her life, and you're not telling her why." And so he goes, "Yeah, I know. That that then breaks." Well, it's the whole thing that if you knew everything that was going to happen, you know, how can you make sure it happens the way it's supposed to happen? The whole point well, is that you learn. If it's yes. just handed to you, then it's not really worth the journey, is it? Because it's about Indeed. the journey. It's not the destination. She's on a big fucking journey. It is a big fucking journey. That is, they, those are the words. Sorry, I got really Indeed. indignant there. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> indignant is good. I want indignant. <laughs> oh, and now... Creepy yes, and creepier. And now it could have ended it there. Could have ended On this it. Happy but. fluffy note, but no. 
It's not really a happy fluffy note, but it's a slightly more cheery note than what we do end it on. It's a return to the demon and Bishop Francis. Oh, creepy. Oh, creepy indeed. Of course, it's a little bit later on in their relationship. Francis still sounding rather uh, rather nervous and rather uh, insecure, but certainly nothing like he was when we last saw him at the end of episode four, right. when he was in uh, paralytic with fear in floods of tears. What? And now there seems to be much more of a amicable relationship between the two beings. And I put the, the squelchy, ooziness sound of uh, the demon underneath this entire scene, because I'm not telling you what the demon looks like. That's totally up to you in your own heads. There may or may not be more description on that uh, in the future, but for now, whatever you want to picture. But there's definitely some fucking slimes. You. Slime no good. Or should I say mucus? Ew. No, <laughs> you should not say mucus. I've got, no. I've got even better one. I've got no. a better one. Shut up! Whose fucking show is this? I'm not listening. <sighs> Moist. Ah! <mucus. laughs> God damn it! <laughs> fucking. Oh, Brit- how good is that? Right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was not very mature at all, is it? No. Nah. But it is fun. Um, so we get uh, we get a little bit more of the demon and the bishop merging there together, speaking their lines yeah. as one. Ew. So, which is nice, Ew. nice for them. Ew. Nice to have a friend. It's nice to have a mate in the Antichrist. <laughs> it is. You know, you've got it a friend is. in Jesus, and you've got a friend in the Anti-Jesus. <laughs> What a friend we have in Jesus. I don't remember the rest of that song. Me neither. Um, so next I'm time sure on the line. Next time on the line, a clock is ticking. Uh, next time on the line, the return of Amy Jones. Amy Jones. Next time on the line, I'm not telling you anything else. Oh, it's a good episode, episode seven, if I do say so myself. Um, that was total self-wanking right there. It was, it was, but not in that sort of, not in that sort of like, you know. I'm awesome. No, it's not in that sort of way. It's just, it's just, it's just. I think it's just quite fun. More like a self-patting on the back. Well, it's more panning on the back of the cast, to be honest, because I think as a, as a piece of writing, it's quite boring. <laughs> not a, not not a lot actually happens, and the dialogue's quite mundane. But it's a very tense episode, and it was thank you know all all you guys who were acting in it really brought the tension to it. So uh, so that's really where that comes from. I didn't mean that to sound quite so egotistical. <laughs> I do apologise. That won't happen. No, again. I'm just tearing the mick out of you. It's all right, I'm going to spank oh, wait, myself. wait, taking the yeah. mic? Whatever. I'm just making funny. You take the mic. I don't rip yeah. the mic out of you. You don't rip the mic, no. no. Take the mic, take the piss, you do not rip either of those things. Ripping the piss sounds very painful. Ew. Awkward. Um, <laughs> I've just descended into lunacy here. Oh, boo-boo. What is wrong with you? Oh, God almighty. 
Need some caffeine, or possibly less caffeine. I think less other. is probably the word. <laughs> Do you think less is where I should yes. be? This is the most incoherent commentary I think I've ever done for anything in my life. Well, like, I'm also on this... I haven't really had a whole lot of sleep. I've been running around for work a lot this weekend. I'm barely keeping my eyes open. And on top of that, having a glass of wine. So that doesn't really... Hey, so I don't have any booze in the house. I did have a pint. I did have a. Well, it was a pint actually. It was in a can, but still, it was nonetheless a pint-sized can of cider mm. earlier. So I think that's that's helped everything. No boozy cider. Cider here is boozy. Um, not this bullshit cider that you know doesn't have alcohol in it. What's the point in that? Exactly. Um, so. so so that was episode six. <laughs> that was well that done. Was, so. <laughs> That was episode six. That was episode six. Um, and you believe and it? And now, now I know I said this. I know I said this in episode four commentary, but now we really are into the series proper. Exposition's out the way. The team's together. Steph's on board. We're gonna go and fight some fucking demon ass. <laughs> I almost said Nazi. <laughs> no, we're not gonna go fight. We're not gonna fight any Go Nazis. Go fight some demons. Same difference. No. Well, we're gonna have some Nazis. There's still Nazis in America at the moment. Yay! Exciting. Um, I think they call themselves Aryans, don't they? The Aryan League. The Aryan League of Crazy Douchebags. Hey, you know what? You've got, everybody's got their own sort of, you know, self-pride and preservation and we want to inbreed with our own kind so that we're pure and have six eyebrows. Seriously, I've never heard of a better excuse for, uh, you know, sterilization, really. <laughs> but then I don't think anyone should have children, as you know. I have rather, I'm, I, th- I think, really, we, we should stop for a while. I quite like children. Well, think of all those teachers well, that will be out of work for the I quite like John too. Not forever, just for a while. The world's getting rather full. Right. So That's no. It's no one's fault. Right. It's no one's fault. It's just we like fucking. We're not very good at using contraceptive, and in fact, many places they actively tell them not to use contraceptive because you know religion's far too heavily involved, and religion seems to think that sex should be boring and dull and only for children. Um, I think it should be, if anything. <laughs> There should be a wee tiny lock on the ovaries of every girl in the country and every set of balls on the boys in the country so that we don't end up, like, overpopulating starting at the age of 16. Not that yeah, there's yeah, anything yes. wrong with that, but, you know. No, yes. indeed. Some people have some people have kids young and are fantastic parents. Uh, some people have kids really old. Or at least there should be some sort of parents. licensing. Like, you, have to, you need yes. a license to drive and get a fishing, to go fishing and... You know, you've well, you see, I kind of agree. I kind of agree. You you need a license to do just about everything else in the world, but any fucking idiot can have a kid. And unfortunately, a lot of fucking idiots <laughs> do have kids. I see where you're going there. <laughs> I saw where you yeah. went. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have a rather draconian, fascistic view on all this. But I, I do think that we just need to stop for a little while and go, hang on a second, where do we really want to go as a species? Draconian. Because if we keep breeding at this rate, it's all going to go tits up pretty fucking soon. We've not yet found that planet. Jupiter has not turned into a sun yet. We... No. Jupiter's, is Jupiter going to turn into a sun? Didn't you watch 2010? 
isn't it? A long, t- a long time Jupiter ago. Jupiter becomes yeah. the sun, and you're not supposed to go on this planet. Exactly right. It becomes it becomes a super dense planet, doesn't it? And then turns it, and then ignites from the core. Right. Well, it well it was never truly. It's a gas giant. I know. Hence, super dense. So it's not really a planet. Oh well, you know what we need, David. Well, it is. It is. No, no, no. It is a planet. Planets can be gas. Gaseous. It's a gaseous planet. Okay. It's definitely a planet. Though. You know what? You were right on the whole one is not prime. I'm not going to fight you. I'm too tired. <laughs> too tired. I'm this is great. What else can I get him to agree to? Not a whole fucking much more. <laughs> but what I can, we can agree on is that we should give a wee little hi and how do you do to our demon, Mr. Colin. Hey, yes, Mr. Colin Kelly. He got us another listener. Oh. One listener. Well done, Colin. Yay. Right. That now takes our total up to five. Hi! <laughs> Dear Colin, or as we referred to him back in the day when we were, um, when Mac and myself and the Collins were all on, um, pendant backstage, we used to call him the boy. Have we heard from the boy? Is the boy coming? The boy did well. <laughs> where, where, where is the boy? Where is the boy? Bring the boy in here! <laughs> he needs to be taught a lesson. Ew. That's a bit. That's a bit dirty. Ew. Sorry, Colin. But maybe maybe he doesn't care. Uh, but no, seriously, dude, that's great. That's great. Please, if you're listening to this and you like what you hear, um, then please do pass it along to friends and family, especially grandmas. Um, I think this is a show very much geared towards grandmas. Mm-hmm. Or, or if they're devout clergy persons. Oh yes, please, please, please give it to people who are or born again. Um, very people? conservative. Not specifically any kind of, but people like, like I think I've said this before. New Catholics piss me off when people convert to Catholicism as adults. They get really into it, and I love it. And it's they're really into the faith, and you know they're just they they wear it like a new jacket. Well, let me tell you, my faith jacket got handed to me when I was five, and it's a little tight. <laughs> So let's see, who is going to be writing M letters after this episode? <laughs> We've got new Catholics. Entomologists. Mosquito, mosquito lovers. Entomologists. Um, anyone else you want to piss off before we, before we call a wrap? Please go ahead. Um, yes, Yankee fans. It's the, Yankee fans. Yankee fans, that's the best team Yan- in Yankee, the whole Yankee, world are they, are they, that's are they, ever are been they bought. football or are they baseball? They're baseball. Baseball. Thank it's you. the best team in the entire league that's ever been bought. It's the only reason they're successful is because they throw money at it. So Yankee fans, what? oh, I'm gonna get some shit for that. <laughs> Good shit. Good shit. I, 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 I personally think I've, 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 uh, I've done enough this, this month. And then the owner of the Redskins. You, the owner of the Redskins, the Washington Redskins, the American football team. Stop cocking it up and leave the team alone and let them play. So they can be kick-ass. The last 10 years has been a disaster, so suck it. Who else can I tell to suck it? Oh, this is... Wow, it's angry M, because I'm well tired and had a little wine. Right. I, I Right, I'm putting a stop <laughs> to angry M. Yes, please. Because this is, this is not teaching anyone anything. No, it's just teaching... We are bypassing Letters Corner. We've given a little shout-out to Colin, but we, ha- we haven't really had any mail this no. month. No one loves us. No one cares. Oh, <laughs> people love us. No, it's fine. Seriously, guys. No, we don't, we don't hold to. But if you want to write to us, please feel free to write oh, to yeah. us. Oh, yeah. Here are the usual things. Um, if you wish to write to us, well, you can write us at thelinehq at mm-hmm. Uh You can find us on Twitter on thelinehq. 
Uh, sorry, the line live. I apologise. On Twitter, we are the line live. You can come to our new exciting blog where there's currently quite a good discussion going on about visibility of disabled people, people of colour, uh, and uh, people of varying sexuality and um, gender, um, which is which is quite well. I think I think it's quite interesting anyway. But there's quite a good discussion going on. So please do come along, add your opinions. That is uh, the line HQ dot wordpress.com mm-hmm. uh, you can come along to that um or uh or yeah well however you wish to get in touch we're around we're on aim and google and stuff and we're on the pendant list so do come along um you're always welcome and your comments are always welcome yes. be they positive or negative be they happy or sad be they uh be they be they be they other opposite words that mean the the, the opposite Synonyms, atonyms, other atonyms. Antonyms, not atonyms. Really, is it antonyms? Antonyms. <coughs> that does actually make more sense because it's anti nim. Yes. Atonym. Anti nim. If you have an anti nim, <laughs> then uh, then introduce us to her too. <laughs> We'd love to meet her. Anyway. Shall we stop? I think I think we should. Do we have a word of the day or, or, or a question of... No, there's no, no word of the day. No word of the day. No competition. It's not this time. I know, you know what, though? Um, we didn't giggle when they said the word duty. So <laughs> so if you email the word duty to <laughs> No, no, no. Not All right. that. No, we should no, 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 no. It's going to be it's a, quiet, it's a quiet month. Everyone duty. enjoy yourselves. Have a lovely beginning to your autumn. And, Get to uh, your autumn next, duties. Next month, I'm going to be married. You will, which is ex- which is exciting. And you will be taking care I'm of your marital duties. I'm going to go on about duties. it quite a bit. I have to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I apologise for that in advance. But uh, yeah, it only I'm only really planning for it to happen once in my life, so I think I deserve to go on about it a bit. Well, that's your duty. <laughs> you just want to say duty. It is my duty to say duty. Oh God! Right. Have a lovely month. <laughs> Good. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I'll see you at the wedding. Oh, you will. Yeah. Bye, Bye, everybody. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.